is worthy to be praised, is worthy to be adored. Give him glory, give him honor, give him adoration. Bless the King of Kings, bless the Lord of Lords, bless the Ancient of Days. Give him glory, give him glory, give him adoration, give him honor. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. All power belongs to him. He reigns supreme. Magnify his holy name. Magnify his holy name. Magnify his holy name. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth adore. Even angels bow before what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we sufficient God, the God of all flesh, the one with whom nothing shall be impossible, we worship you. Thank you for January, thank you for February, thank you for March, thank you for April, thank you for May, thank you for June, thank you for July, thank you for August. Thank you for September. Lord, thank you for October. Glory be to your holy name. Accept our worship in Jesus' name. Father, tonight, show your power. 
reveal your glory. Do something new in all our lives. Father, in a way that we've never done before, glorify your name. At the end of everything, let us be able to praise you again. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. I was thinking that when we have youth convention, the hallelujah will be louder than that of ordinary times. You tried, I, I, but I still I, I can't fully understand. Uh, you see, uh, at times when you are used to something, when the same thing is happening again and again and again. There is a tendency to begin to uh, become familiar. We've been hearing testimonies here tonight of the dead being raised, of the womb that was cut off being restored. With, uh, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, we, we, I mean, we saw that, we saw that tiny girl that God used to open blind eyes, make the lame to walk, make the dumb to speak. We saw that, and yet, well, let me hear you shout hallelujah now. God bless you. You may please be seated, except those of you who are born in the month of October. If you are born in the month of October, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Father, I am committing all your children born in the month of October into your hands. October, the tenth month of the year. It's the month of double grace. And so for all these, your children, I'm asking for double promotion. Double anointing. Double grace. Double favor. Double testimonies. A closer walk with God. Let it be well with them. And let their new year be superior to the previous ones. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Well, let's hear another shout of hallelujah from. Please be seated. 
next month, by the grace of God, we'll be dealing with the last part of swimming in glory. Um, and the, the theme will be a taste of water. A taste of water. See, the Bible says if a tree is dead and dried up and hope is lost for the tree, if it can just taste water, suddenly it comes back alive. I want you to tell the fellow next to you, don't write me off yet. Oh, this year has not yet ended. Uh-huh. So next month we'll be talking about a taste of water. The Congress, of course, is coming from December 9 to 14. And the theme is the great turnaround. And the Congress this year is going to be so extraordinary that my daddy has told me to tell you, you miss this one, you probably have missed it all. And so, as I sought his face, he has asked me to declare the whole month of November as a month of fasting. I'm happy you are happy. <laughs> because you know what that one means. At the end of it, the Almighty God is going to do something the world had never seen before. So November, from November 1 to November 30, daily fasting. And those who want to do their own as uh, uh, night and day, if we do it for 10 days, non-stop, that'll be okay. 10 days and 10 nights roll together. But uh, get ready for the great turnaround. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. Now, since this is uh, a youth convention, I feel I should seize the opportunity to introduce you to a friend of mine. This friend of mine is a mathematician. And because, you know, most of you are in university, secondary schools, and, and some of you like to run away from mathematics. <laughs> but this friend of mine is a mathematician, but he's a Christian too. He, he quotes the Bible. And he, he thinks every situation in life can be reduced to mathematical formulas. So he was talking to me not too long ago, and he said some very interesting things. He's a very funny man. 
if you know him, you might think he's a genius, but you might not be too sure, you know. He's very funny. He, he was saying something like this. He said, uh, when you put your money in the bank, the bank is supposed to pay you interest. Is that correct? I can't hear you. He said, if you put your money in the bank and the bank does not give you interest, the bank is a thief. He said, if you now put your money in the bank and the bank does not give you interest, but charges you, he said, the bank is a thief squared. Do you agree? He said, if you now go back to the bank and say, ah, what's the problem? I brought in my money. You didn't give me interest. Instead, you took part of my money. And therefore, I want to take my money. And the bank again takes part of your money. Ah, he said, the bank is now a thief cubed. That's the kind of man I'm talking about, so you know it must be funny. And he, he was talking to me about something very serious. And he said, Jesus was a mathematician. And that he is very, very good in calculus. How many of you know a little bit of mathematics? All right. I, I, I know many of you would do because <laughs> we're talking to youth and young adults. So I said, is that so? He said, oh, he was very good in calculus. He said he, he, he gave one of the biggest formula in integral calculus. So I was wondering where that is in the Bible. He said it is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Matthew 10, verse 40. That's where Jesus Christ said, He who receives you, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him that sent me. He said, He who receives you, receives me, is a single integration. He who receives me receives him that sent me, then became a double integration. I said, I see. Now, when he begins to talk like that, it's not long before you begin to hear him talk about corollary. Those of you who are students, you know what a corollary is. It's something that follows from what I've just said. He said, if... He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him that sent me. Then corollarily, he that rejects you rejects me, and he that rejects me rejects him that sent me. Do you agree? I, I think that's, that's the simple logic. Then he went on to corollary two. It says, he who attacks you 
attacks me. And he who attacks me, attacks him that sent me. Do you agree with that? So he went on to corollary three. And said, since Jesus was talking about the one who sent him being God the Father, and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, I told you you can quote the Bible, that God is a consuming fire. He said, Jesus is saying, therefore, he who messes with you, messes with me. And he who messes with me is messing with the consuming fire. Ah, I say, I see. He said, you see, that is why, then he quoted again, he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31, Hebrews 10, 31, say, it's a dangerous thing to fall into the hand of the living God. He said, it is a fearful thing. He said, the reason it's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of God is because God is a consuming fire, and that fire burns quietly. Is there any time you hear fire burning somewhere, if you hear any noise at all, it is not the fire that is burning. It is the things that the fire is burning that will be making the noise. He said the reason it is fearful to fall into the hand of the living God is that God fights quietly. That many a times when God is fighting somebody, the fellow will not even know until it is too late. He said, and one thing about fire is that it burns irreversibly. That there is no science that can change ashes back to wood. That when God fights, whatever he destroys can never be restored. Tell your neighbor, don't mess with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, this, this is my friend, and I will tell you many other things he says in the future if I have the opportunity. This, my friend, has uh, he lost some big English. Anybody who agrees with him, he will say the fellow is concentric. Anybody who disagrees with him, he will say the fellow is eccentric. So next time I see him, if he asks me what, how many kind of people do you talk to, I will want to know. So those of you who agree with him, those of you who are concentric, I want you to say I Those of you who disagree with him, who are eccentric, I want you to say nay. Ah, the I have it. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Happy conventions. Glory be to God forevermore. 
Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 to 13. Matthew 6 from verse 9 to 13. While you are opening your Bibles, let me thank the Almighty God for all my children who administer tonight. They were very good. The first fellow started us uh, on a great Bible study journey. He loaded us with Bible passages upon Bible passages. I'm beginning to feel that any time we come to a time when the youth will be making their presentations, it's like we are coming to Bible college. Ah, within a very short period of time, he just kept on passage upon passage upon passage upon passage. Glory be to God. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause for him. Then I have to jump the second one. <laughs> and then we go to the third one. And the third fellow also came and he just kept on adding more and more and more to our store of knowledge. Beautiful, beautiful presentation. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. And then the fourth fellow came and, oh, what a beauty. Showing us line upon line, precept upon precept about the power and the glory of God. I'm amazed and I'm very pleased. And then came this little girl. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. When I saw her going to the pulpit, I was wondering, you mean the old zone, they could only find a girl? Only to discover that great miracles come in little packages. Oh my That was amazing After she finished preaching We could easily have gone home We were blessed At least I was seriously, seriously blessed Let's give the Lord a big round of applause For all these, my wonderful children God bless you all and all the choir did excellently well. So glory be to God. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's my own text too. I know one of my children had already used it. Uh, 
As a matter of fact, preparing a sermon when I know all these children are going to be preaching is not an easy thing at all. Because we, know, we don't know from what angle they are going to come. If they've given you all manners of definitions, or oh, <laughs> evangelists, teachers, all of them have done their job, so a pastor doesn't even know what to say again. Maybe next time I will first of all preach before they come and do their own. <laughs> Glory be to God. But as usual, let us spend just a few minutes talking to those who are yet to give their life to Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 17, it is written, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Without any doubt, God is powerful. Even his enemies will agree. I mean, Psalm 91 verse 1, Psalm 91 verse 1 tells us, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Our God is almighty. We don't need to argue that. He himself said, I'm the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? It is not only powerful, it's also all wise. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20. Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 says, Wisdom and might are his. He is the owner of wisdom. In Daniel, the same Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. Daniel 2.21 says, He gives wisdom to the wise. So if anybody thinks he's wise, he got the wisdom from God. Now the interesting thing that I want to point out to those of us who are yet to know him intimately is that the wisdom of God controls his power. He's the almighty. Is also the all-wise. His wisdom controls his power. So at times we expect him to behave in a certain manner with all the power at his disposal. And he does it in a different manner because his wisdom controls his power. For example, in Daniel chapter 3, from verse 13 to 30, Daniel 3 from verse 13 to 30, when they were binding Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, about to throw them into the fairy furnace, God could have turned that from heaven and destroyed the king and all his men. Instead, he kept quiet, watching until they were thrown into the flames. Why? His wisdom was at work. Because he knows that at the end he will get greater glory. When you look at Acts chapter 5 from verse 17 to 25 Acts 5 from 17 to 25 and you compare it with Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 11 Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 11 you will discover that 
He has the power to release anybody from any prison anytime. But on one occasion, he allowed James to be killed before he now moved in to rescued to rescue Peter. His wisdom controls his power. And his glory, the glory of God, is embedded in his wisdom. The passage I read to you say unto the God who is in Tama, who is immortal, who is invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. His wisdom controls his power. His glory is in his wisdom. And so like I told some of you who were here yesterday and those of you who have uh, not been here since the convention be- began, I will encourage you to get all the tapes because this year's convention has been tremendous. Get the tapes. Wisdom is what brings glory. Just as foolishness is what brings shame. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 35. Proverbs 3, verse 35. So if you are wise, sooner or later, you will inherit glory. Proverbs 3, verse 35. The wise shall inherit glory. But shame shall be the promotion of fools. The question then is, who is a fool? Psalm 14 verse 1. Psalm 14 verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. That's one definition of a fool. But the Bible has other definitions of fools. For Proverbs chapter 14 verse 9. Proverbs 14 verse 9 says, A fool makes mock at sin. It, 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 it thinks that sin is a joking matter. So if you think sin is a joking matter, you are a fool. And I, and I mean, you could be highly educated and still be a fool. Because I remember those days when, before I was born again, as a lecturer in the university, we we, we seem to celebrate sin. When we return from the weekend, then we begin to share stories about how many girls we conquered, about how we got drunk over the weekend, etc. Et we taught sin was fun. You could have a big deal and see be a fool. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 23, Proverbs 10 verse 23, it says a, a, a fool thinks that it is a sport to, to do mischief. That continuing in sin to a fool is like a sport. 
The question I want you to ask yourself, my son and my daughters, the question I want you to ask yourself is, am I a fool? Am I toying with sin? Am I treating sin as a sport? If you are a fool, you can leave the company of the fools tonight. You had the testimony of someone here tonight. I thought everybody would be standing up and shouting. Somebody who used to be in the occult, who used to be in one cult or the other, who he said he used to do killing. He enjoyed doing it until he met the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a fool? Are you in one of the courts? Do you think it is fun? You can get out tonight. Leave the company of fools. And join the society of the wise. It's only the wise who will come to Jesus Christ. And he will use his divine power. To wipe away all your sins. The Bible says there is enough power in his blood. To wash away all sins. In 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. 1 John chapter 1 verse 7. The Bible says. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sins. There is enough power in Jesus Christ. To make everything new for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible made it clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I'm appealing to you tonight. If you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, leave the society of fools. Come and join the company of the wise ones. Those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ, we look back and we regret our foolish days. You too can begin anew tonight. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus, we will pray for the salvation of your soul. The Almighty God will forgive all your sins and everything will become new for you. Oh, the choice is yours. You can stay in the society of fools and inherit shame. Or you can join the society of the wise and inherit glory. Now, Jesus is not begging you to clap for him. So if you want to do it, do it as if you really want to do it. Just like one of my boys told you, when Christ is in you, it is then you have the hope of glory. When you allow him to come into you, when you become his sanctuary, then you can begin to experience his power and experience his glory. Seven. Talk to the almighty God. Ask him to have mercy on you. Ask him to save your soul. Ask him to forgive all your sins. Promise him that from now on, 
you'll be serving him and you'll be obeying his instructions. And the rest of us, please, let's stretch our hands towards these people and intercede for them. Pray that the one who saved our souls will save their own souls also. Pray that the blood of Jesus Christ will wash away their sins. Let us pray for them. Let's intercede for them. And those of you on the way, keep coming. You are not late yet. Asking God to have mercy on you and to save your soul. Let's intercede for them, brethren. Call on God for them. That the Almighty God, the one who saved your soul, will save their own souls also. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Savior, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. And thank you for these people who have responded to the altar call. Please, Lord, save their souls in Jesus' name. Let your blood wash away their sins. Write their names in the book of life. And from this moment on, any time they call on you, please answer them by fire. And don't let them ever backslide. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now those of you in front and some of you I see on the way I know, the prayer is also for you too. Keep coming. Those of you in front, I rejoice with you. Because from now on, by the grace of God, I'll be praying for you. So I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer requests. And I promise you, I'll be praying for you. Congratulations. Thank you, counselors. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. We're talking about his power and his glory. The Bible has various ways of describing God. If you read Psalm 91, from verse 1 and move on. After he said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He went on to say in the third verse there, He said, He will keep you under His wings. What does that mean? Does, does that mean that God is like a bird? But a bird, and I mean, if you go on and on, you study the Bible very well, you, you will know 
he, he said he carried the children of Israel on eagles' wings. The Bible said that when the Holy Spirit descended, he came like a dove. And every bird flies with two wings the left wing and the right wing. That's why we're talking about the, the two wings of God the power and the glory. Now, God, Jesus said something very interesting in John chapter 11, verse 40 there. John 11, verse 40. He said unto Martha, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? You want to see the glory of God? Believe. You want to experience the power of God? Believe. Because when we are talking about the power of God, you know, my children have given you so many definitions. Ability, capability, (laughs) they've used some very big words. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Mark 9, verse 23, if only you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That means you want to demonstrate the power of God. Believe. You want to see the glory of God? Believe. That means the central requirement to enjoy the power of God and the glory of God is have faith. Let, let, let me remind you that God is not a talkative. Psalm 62 verse 11. Psalm 62 verse 11 says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. God doesn't waste words. He doesn't have to repeat himself for anything to happen. Like somebody's, one of my children said, if God says what is red should become white, it will become white. After all, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Whenever he repeats himself, it means what he's about to say is very important. Like in John chapter 3, verse 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Verily, verily, I say unto you. What he said after that one <laughs> has been shaking the world ever since. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When he repeats himself, It means the matter is serious. If he should repeat himself three times, and then you know 
the issue is almost at a crisis point. Like in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to 8. Joshua 1, 1 to 8. Three times he said to Joshua, be strong and of, of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. When he said it the third time, there was a hint of anger in his voice. Have I not commanded you? But four times, like I've told some of us before, four times God repeated himself, saying, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Habakkuk 2, verse 4. Romans 1, 17. Romans 1, 17. Galatians 3, 11. Galatians 3, 11. And Hebrews 10, 38. Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. He kept on hammering faith. So for you to enjoy his power and glory, you must have faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, For without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm going to approach the topic from the angle that there are two kinds of faith. There is one which I would love to call the power faith. Power faith. And the second that I would love to call the glory faith. The glory faith. My prayer is that before you leave here this night, you'll be flying with both wings. Power faith, that is the faith that is dynamic, aggressive, miracle walking. Mountain moving as a power of faith, and I will I will show you in a moment. That's the kind of faith that moves mountain. And then there is a glory faith. The glory faith is the one that is restful, submissive. Is the kind of faith that will say, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in Daniel chapter 3, from verse 16 to 18, Daniel 3, 16 to 18, our God who we serve is able to deliver us. And if he does not, we are seeing him. We won't bow. Now, power faith. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
from verse 8 to 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 11. The Bible says there are nine gifts, nine principal gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these nine gifts can be put into three categories. There's what we call the vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Tongues, all manners of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. They are called vocal gifts because they have to do with speaking. Then we have what we call the revelation gifts. The gifts that come as a result of revelation from heaven. These are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Now, I don't have time to take them one by one, but when we talk about word of wisdom, we're talking about you, you, you have a difficult situation and God gives you just the right word to say. You remember the time when they, they asked Jesus Christ whether he, they should pay tax or not. And he said, oh, bring me a coin. Whose inscription is this? He says, Caesar. I say, give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. As a word of wisdom. It puts the enemies to shame. A word of knowledge is when you hear there is someone here, and God releases a word. And you are sitting down there and you know there is no way the man of God can possibly know what you are passing through. That that information can only come from heaven. It's called the word of knowledge. And then there is what is called discerning of spirits. And that's ability to know the difference between spirits. Ability to know the difference between angels and demons. They are called revelation gifts. And then the last group is called the power gifts. In the power gifts are number one, faith. Number two, healings. And number three, the walking of miracles. So there is faith that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, a power gift. Power, faith, if you call it then, is active. It can be violent. It cannot be stopped. For example, in Mark chapter 2, from verse 1 to 12, Mark 2, verse 1 to 12. Four boys brought a man to Jesus Christ. When they got to where he was, 
there was no room by the door. There was no room by the window. But their faith says, nothing is stopping us. We must get our miracle. So they climbed the roof and broke it open. They were violent. But they went home with their miracle. That kind of faith that will get a breakthrough, no matter the obstruction, receive it today in Jesus' name. That's the kind of faith that that lady had who had the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 from verse 25 to 34. Mark 5, 25 to 34. If you read the story very well, when she came to Jesus, there was a crowd. She had to press her way through the crowd. She said, no crowd is stopping me. I must get my miracle. And she got it. And the name that's above every other name, before you leave here today, you too will get your own miracle. It reminds me of the story of a lady I've told you before. I was in the U.S. We're having a program, a Holy Ghost service like this. And the, the they put a trailer, you know, one of these long buses where you can go in and sit down. They have chairs there. That's what they put near the venue so I can sit down there and pray. And they, they surrounded the place with some hefty bodyguards so that nobody would disturb me. It was time for me to go and minister. And there was a woman somewhere not too far away. She wasn't looking in my direction. So nobody expected any trouble from her. As I came out of the bus and I was going towards the altar. Since nobody seemed to be interested in me, the bodyguards were not paying attention. As soon as I moved away from the bus, she ran violently. Before anybody could stop her, she had already entered the bus and sat on the seat where I was sitting. Then the bodyguards went in to pull her. He said, you are too late. I've already received what I wanted. She was barren. She just wanted to sit on that chair. She did. And that month she became pregnant. Everything that you need to get from God, that power of faith that will make it available for you today, receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now there is glory faith. That is the faith that will say, you will find that glory faith. Let me, let, let me show you where you find it in the Bible. Galatians chapter 5, from verse 22 to 23. 
Galatians 5, 22, 20, 22 to 23. It's another kind of faith. It's the same faith that is in the same category as love, joy, peace. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. The Lord said, there's someone here, he said, the fellow will understand. He asked me to tell you, no weeping this month. In Galatians 5, from verse 22 to 23, there is a kind of faith that is in the same club as love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. There's nothing aggressive about it at all. It is the kind of faith that will say it doesn't matter what is happening. My God is on his throne. It is the kind of faith that will say with Job, I know my Redeemer liveth. It is a kind of faith that will say, like Shedra, Meshach, and Abednego say, Oh, the God I serve is able to deliver. It doesn't matter what is happening, he's able. It is a kind of faith that will say, in, like in Psalm 31, verse 15, Psalm 31, verse 15, My times are in your hands, O Lord. It is a kind of faith that will say, like the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, in Matthew 26, verse 37 to 42, Matthew 26, 37 to 42, Thy will be done. Oh, it is easy to operate in the power of faith. It takes maturity to operate in the glory faith. It is the kind of faith that we read about in Acts chapter 16 from verse 16 to 26. Acts 16 from verse 16 to 26. When they threw Paul and Silas into prison... And they knew that by the following morning they might want to bring them forward and kill them. They still were singing in the prison. As a kind of faith. We call it the glory faith. It is a kind of faith that can sleep in a storm. Mark chapter 4 from verse 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41. There was a storm and Jesus was sleeping. And I've told you stories before. I've told you the story about what happened the first time I traveled uh, on a cruise and there was a storm. And everything was 
terribly violent. The whole sky was dark. The ocean was throwing the ship up like a toy. The captain called everybody together and said, don't worry, there are 12 categories of storms. Category 1 being the smallest, category 12 the highest. Don't worry, we are only in category 10. And I was saying to myself, oh God, what am I doing here? The biggest river in my village, I can jump over it. What am I doing on an ocean? So, so you say, everybody go to your room, stay there, don't worry. Lord, what do I do? He said to me, son, when I was here on that and there was a storm, what was I doing? I said, you, they said you were sleeping. He said, sleep. Oh, Lord God Almighty. I'm saying to somebody here today, it doesn't matter how big the storm, relax. Your tomorrow will be all right. Each time I tell this story, people say, you mean you slept? Oh, as soon as he said sleep, I jumped on my bed. Within a minute, I was far gone. When I woke up, we were already at the port. Everything was quiet. How could you sleep in such a situation? What am I going to do? Jump out of the boat? I don't even know how to swim. I want to swim an ocean. That's the kind of faith that says my life is in the hand of the almighty God and it's not going to fail me. How many of you believe that God will never fail you? Let me hear you shout a big hallelujah. I thank God for one of my children who spoke and said, listen, (laughs) you're looking for glory. There will be some battles to fight first. We don't even know that to have faith until there has been a storm. Jesus Christ said, there were two people, one wise, one foolish. One built his house on a rock. The other built his house on sand. The two houses were looking fine until the storm came. It takes a storm to find out what is your foundation. Is your foundation on the rock or is it on sand? If your foundation is on the rock, after the storm is gone and over, you'll be standing tall. Glory faith is the faith that says, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Romans. Ah, thank you, Father. I like this. Daddy says, Tell my children, the rock that killed Goliath is still available. This is for the young adults. 
the youth and young adults. I'm sure this is for you especially. Daddy says, in every generation there is a genius. But he asked me to tell you that in your generation there will be seven. And he says, there is someone here tonight who will be one of the seven. <laughs> As one of my children will say, you'll be the one if your amen swallow the amen of the others. <laughs> In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Romans 8, verse 28, the Bible says, All things work together for good to them that love God. That is the kind of faith we are talking about. That's the kind of faith that had done tremendous things. In my life, in the life of my wife and my family, glory faith. I've told you before, before we became born again, my wife had three children, all of them by cesarean operation. So we stopped. Then we became born again. And one day, we were studying the Bible. We came to Luke chapter 1 verse 37 For with God nothing shall be impossible oh. I told my wife We are going to have another baby In this time It will be God and God alone Who will handle the matter Oh we got cancer From physicians From friends don't try it. If your wife is going to deliver because she had been operated upon three times, something will rupture. Both herself and the baby will die. Etc. Etc. I said that's not written in the Bible. What's written in the Bible is for with God nothing shall be impossible. Well, you you know the rest of the story. And she was determined. It's either God will do it or go and I will be with him in glory. But God did it. Um, <laughs> uh, they told me that it can only happen if the baby is extremely small. The baby came and it was very big. And then the doctor said, well, you know, nothing is proved scientifically unless it can be repeated. So God repeated it. And this time he gave a baby that is bigger than the first one. There is a faith that rests in God. A faith that says, it doesn't matter what anybody may say. My tomorrow will be alright. If you believe that God will take care of you, no matter what is happening, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Now you need both. You need the power of faith 
And you need the glory faith. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you tonight. Daddy said, there is someone here tonight. He said, in a family known for shame and failure, you will wear a garment of praise. You need both. You need the power, faith. You need the glory, faith. Peter had both. It was the power faith that he used in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. Acts 3, 1 to 11. Silver and gold are final, but what I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man wasn't going to get up, he grabbed him by the hand. It was as if he was saying, You must be healed by force. <laughs> And the man was healed. It was the power of faith that he used in Acts chapter 9 from verse 36 to 42. Acts 9, 36 to 42. When they told him that somebody had been dead for a long time, he just came in there, drove out all those who were weeping, and knelt down, prayed a short prayer, and Dorcas came back to life. In the name of the one who sent me, before the end of the year, there will be more testimonies of you raising the dead. But it was the glory faith that he used in Acts chapter 12, from verse 5 to 11. Acts 12, 5 to 11. The, he knew that the king who put him in prison had killed before. He knew that tomorrow he was going to be brought out to be killed. But he slept. How could anybody sleep when he knows that tomorrow is going to be killed? He has glory faith. The faith that is at peace. Whatever is happening. Ah, it's a beautiful thing to have both. You have the ability to move mountains by say so and yet live at peace. Whatever may be happening. It, it, it makes the Christian life enjoyable. You need both of them. I told you the story before of when I was going abroad and uh, in British Airways we've taken off and once you are in the plane what, what else can you do? You are there <laughs> you can't jump out and the captain came and said by the time we arrive in Heathrow there's going to be storm but he said we shouldn't worry we'll manage to land and I was traveling economy. 
And I was a younger man, a younger man than I am now. And the food they give you in economy is always very small. That's why they call it economy. As soon as he made the statement, <laughs> the man sitting next to me froze. He was frightened stiff. So he couldn't eat. I mean, they've just served us food. I finished my food, and he was looking at me as I was eating. When I finished, I looked at him, I said, you are not eating. He was surprised. He thought I didn't hear what the captain said. He said, no. He said, you, you heard what the captain said? I said, yes, I heard him. I asked him again, you are not eating? He said, no. Can I? <laughs> and he passed it straight to me and I gave him my own. I finished his food. I went to sleep. <laughs> that is glory faith. That I know I'm going to land well. I decree in the name that's above every other name. You will end well. Thank you, my father. This one is for me. So I want to say amen. <laughs> because the Lord said, there's someone here today. He said, the older you grow, the better your life will become. finish my story just in case of those of you who have never heard it before. We got to Etro just before we landed. And the captain came on again and said I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen, the weather boys deceived us. The storm that they said is going to be in London is going to be in Scotland. Ah, I looked at the man beside me. <laughs> he looked at me and the two of us began to laugh. It's too late now. He can't get his food back. But he was laughing out of relief. Thank God we're going to land safely. And I was thanking God that I ate double ration. And then of course God spoke to me and said, Son, the, 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 the weather boys were not wrong. But because of you, I diverted the storm. In the name that's above every other name, every storm coming your way will be diverted. Now you can have both. You can have the power faith and you can have the glory faith. All you need to tap into the power of God, faith, all you need to try to tap into the glory of God, faith. And you can have both. Why? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 28 to 31. 1 Corinthians 12 from verse 28 to 31. Was talking about all manners of gifts, etc., etc. Finally he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. 
All you need to do is ask God. I want both. I want the power and I want the glory. I want to be able to move mountains and I want to be able to spend the rest of my life never worrying again. I thank God that he gave me both. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. It is power faith that built an auditorium like this. And it's not an ordinary faith that will turn a jungle to a place like this. As for glory faith, ask my doctors. They will tell you, anytime they take my blood pressure, they just want to do it for fun. They wonder how can it be normal? Why will it not be normal? <laughs> there is a peace of God that passes all understanding. Tell your neighbor, stop worrying. Your tomorrow will be all right. And Jesus Christ said, All you need to do is ask. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want to enjoy your power. He will do it. I want to begin to manifest your power. Like that little girl. I too want to go on evangelism and turn the whole city upside down. He will do it. I don't want to have high blood pressure throughout my life. He will do it. I want to be able to sleep in the midst of a storm. He will do it. I want the power of faith. It's a gift. I want the glory of faith. It is available. You don't get only because you don't ask. Because he said in John chapter 16. Uh, thank you, Father. I'm just about to end. But the Lord asked me to tell someone that long before the end of this year, you will be singing glory ahead. In John 15 verse 16, John 15 verse 16, he said, You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you that you will go and bear fruits. And your fruit will abide that anything you ask the Father in my name will be done. Do your part and leave the rest to God. And I can assure you, from tonight onward, your life will never be the same again. Now I'm going to ask you I know we've spent quite a lot of time I'm going to ask you to pray tonight for about 20 minutes I'm going to tell you what to pray about 
I want you to please pray with all your heart. Usually, I've always said, there is a night, in the, a day in the life of a man or a woman when everything will change. I believe that for someone, this is the night. If you can't pray, it will be your fault. But God is here, ready to answer prayers. If you believe that, say amen. Now write down the prayer points. Number one. I want you to thank the almighty God. That is very generous. He's not stingy with his blessing. When you ask from him, he gives liberally. So thank him for his generosity as a first thing. Then number two, tell him. I say, Father, you said faith comes by hearing. I have heard your word. Let my faith begin to multiply. You are the one who says so. That faith comes by hearing. I've heard your word. Let my faith begin to multiply. Then number three. Believing that as soon as you pray number two, God is going to answer immediately. You will now say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I command, before next week, let all the mountains in my life disappear. Father, I've asked for faith. I believe you. Before next week, let all the mountains in my life disappear. Then number four. You cry to him and say, Father, the ability to demonstrate your power Healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, winning souls, the ability to demonstrate your power. Deposit in me today. Deposit in me today. Then number five. You say, Father, I've learned that glory is the opposite of shame. Everything that causes shame remove from my life today. Everything that causes shame Remove from my life 
today. Okay, number six. Say, Father, the kind of faith that rests completely in you. Unmovable. Unshakable. The kind of faith that rests completely in you. Deposit in me today. Let me enjoy the peace of God that passes all understanding. From now on. And then finally, your own special request. If you have something special that you want God to do for you, particularly in the month of October, you put that as number seven. The altar is open. You can come and talk to God. And don't do it like ladies and gentlemen. Do it like warriors. Besiege the throne of God now. And cry unto him. He said, ask to your joy before. Go ahead and begin to talk to him. Start by thanking him because he's a very generous God. Whatever you ask of him, he will do for you. Go ahead and talk to the Almighty God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, on behalf of every one of us, I say thank you. Oh, thank you for your word. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for faith. Thank you that we can even gather together like this. 
please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. In your name, in that name that's above every other name, I hereby decree concerning all these your children, that faith that moves mountains, release unto them. Daddy, you said in your word that I would decree a thing and it will be established unto me. You said in your word that you will not let my word drop to the ground. I decree concerning this, your children, no more shame. Before the end of next week, every mountain in the life of this your children will be gone. And the power to move mountains for others, release unto them. your glory fill all their lives. Put an end to sorrow in their lives. Let there be no more weeping. Even as you have said, very soon, let them sing glory ahead. Father, grant their request. Let their joy overflow. And like never before, let them serve you. Thank you for answered prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. If you receive your own, let me hear you shout hallelujah. God bless you. You may go back to your seats. Oh, thank you, Father. Have you been blessed? Let me hear another shout of hallelujah. Then very quickly, as a sign to the almighty God that we believe that our prayers have been answered, we will say thank you to him with joy in our hearts with dancing with rejoicing 
glorify his holy name and put the devil permanently to shame. This month, you will find double favor with God. Your enemies will become friends. Any obstacle they put in your way will become stepping stone to glory. The Bible says that Satan attacked Job and took what all he had. But the Bible says God blessed the latter end of Job than the beginning. One preacher said, if the devil had known what God would do in return, he would have left Job alone. I hereby decree your latter end will be greater than your former. So very quickly, let's take our Thanksgiving offering and raise it to the Almighty God. And pray. One prayer we prayed, I think yesterday or the day before. Those of you who are not here, we want you to join us. You stand on your feet, you lift the offering to the Almighty God and say, Father, there is nothing glorious in poverty. Destroy poverty permanently in my life. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. There's nothing glorious in poverty. Destroy poverty permanently in my life. Everything I need to serve you, Father, provide abundantly. I just want to serve you. Everything I need to serve you, please provide abundantly. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. So we join our hearts, dancing to the nearest baskets. We drop our offering. And feel free to celebrate. Shake hands with your friends. Rejoice with them because uh, tomorrow is now going to be all right. Over to you, Vanches. You are marvelous, yeah. You are marvelous, you are marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. You are marvelous, you are marvelous, you are marvelous, 
Almighty will bless your offering. He will use it for his glory. He will accept your thanksgiving. And from now on, you will have something to thank God about. As you go, his presence will go with you. You will never know failure again. Anything called reproach, God will take away from you. On your way home, there will be miracles. And at home, miracles will be waiting for you. It shall be well with you. And in the kingdom of God, you will not be missing. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Oh God, the biggest miracle tonight. I shout the biggest hallelujah.